Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, once again, Chris McDonald. Thanks for tuning in today. I know you have a lot of choices in podcasts, and I so appreciate you being here. I have a couple questions for you today. Do you experience anxiety around food? Do you struggle with the constant nagging in the back of your head wondering how to eat more healthy? Today's guest helps people feel comfortable managing food anxiety and feel at peace in finding food freedom. Sarah Duda is a certified nutrition coach who helps women manage their food anxiety around everyday situations, like when you're out to eat and you don't know what to order, or when you're at the grocery store and don't know what product to buy, or if you need someone to tell you it's okay to indulge. This food anxiety can come from social situations, diets that haven't worked in the past, society, or food allergy sensitivities. She believes there's no one-size-fits-all nutrition and personalizes goals to each person. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Can you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I was a child, I was diagnosed with a peanut tree nut coconut allergy. Um, And back then there was no real support for people that had food allergies. Um, I remember growing up, the fear, even as like a seven-year-old, of um, not knowing if someone had dipped a knife into the peanut butter before dipping into the jelly to make sandwiches or being at a party and not knowing about cross-contamination even back then and having this fear of what was safe to eat. And as I grew up, I kind of learned how to manage it more throughout college and um, as an adult. But I studied family services in college and received my bachelor's degree. And my nutrition journey started with meal planning. I've meal planned for about five years now and went back to school and got certified as a certified functional nutrition and wellness health coach. And that's great. Just, just kind of felt this need to help other women who have dealt with any kind of food anxiety in everyday life. So can you share more about how do you define food anxiety? What have you noticed with clients that you've worked with? How does that come out? So food anxiety, I've had a few clients. Food anxiety is different in every person. My most recent client, and I won't use her name for privacy reasons, um, she just had this fear of what was okay to eat. Society puts this image on women that we're supposed to look a certain way and our clothes are supposed to hang a certain way and she wasn't comfortable in her skin. So we worked together on finding what I call healthy food swaps um, and we switched things from like making your own popsicles versus eating ice cream or protein bites versus eating like a handful of chocolate chip cookies so that you have a more nutritious snack and then you don't have to feel this fear or this food guilt around eating like 13 cookies or whatever it is that you might open just to sleep and sit there and eat them all. So finding these swaps helped her to realize that one, it's okay to indulge and two, you don't have to indulge in something that's full of 
fat and zero calories, like empty calories and have this fear around you that food is bad for you. I think that's a big message that we get. And I hear that from people. I don't know if you hear that as a nutritionist as well, that, oh, I was quote unquote, I was bad today or today that I don't know. We call that like judgment, very judgy towards ourselves. Or I was good today. I was really good this week. And I think that just sets us up for when we're bad, we feel like we're bad as a person, as an identity, and we might lead more anxiety, maybe depression too. Yeah. I find a lot of time people will call it a cheat meal and Yes. I personally don't like that term only because then we put this association on if I just have one cheat, it will be fine. Or if I just have this cheat, it will be fine. And then it becomes this spiral and it becomes, oh, I'm just going to have one more piece of this and one more piece of that. And then you end up what people call binge eating and you end up eating more than you had set out to do versus, you know, it's fine. If you are craving a chocolate chip cookie, go get yourself a chocolate chip cookie. Like it's not going to ruin everything that you're doing. Just pick up from where you left off. There's no like, oh, it was bad Thursday. And then I'll wait until Monday. Just pick it back up on Friday. Like it's not this horrible weighed down situation that again, that society puts on us as women. It's almost like that black and white thinking, isn't it? It's good, bad that I can't have this or I can only have this as a cheat meal or I got to restrict myself. And, and I think that that goes Correct. against yeah. psychology, right? With Once we say we do, are not going to allow ourselves that chocolate chip cookie or ice cream, then what do we want? <laughs> we want just that, don't we? But I like how you said the, the healthy swaps. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is like, oh, well, I can't have this. So I don't even know what else to have that confusion yeah. part. Yeah. So the big one right now, people, I get questions a lot about is ice cream because I feel like ice cream is such a summer treat and it's fine. And I'm not saying like, don't indulge yourself in a bowl of ice cream if that's what you have a craving for, but there's different healthier swaps that you can swap for if you want ice cream every day. A big one that I always recommend to people is frozen banana pops. And it's literally, you just put a banana on a popsicle stick and you dip it in some chocolate and you put it in your freezer. And then you kind of get the sensation of ice cream because bananas are soft as they do frost. And then you also get some chocolate. You know, doesn't like chocolate on top of things. I'm, t- I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. Because then you still feel that mouthfeel of that and, and getting a little chocolate too. Yeah. I always, I always recommend like a good dark chocolate to dip it in because then you get more antioxidants versus like a milk chocolate, which is more dairy based. Absolutely. So what are some other strategies you use to help people with food anxiety? So our first meeting I always have with clients is like an intake and we go over them anything health and medical that you feel willing to share and personal choices and foods that you like and foods that you don't like because ultimately you get a personalized meal plan every week um, to help and we talk about like if you're eating what's called a black and white diet which is like meat and potatoes or meat and starches and like no veggies we pick something small that needs to be worked on and we go from there and I call it I am a rock star at and we work on three things every week and then three things that you rocked at and that you should feel proud about yourself of. I love that. That's really encouraging people too. And the things are doing well. Yeah. And then at the end of our time together, whether it's four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 
six months, whatever our period of time is together, you get a list of everything that you have rocked at during your journey. Great reinforcement. And then you can see, like, if you feel like you're having a bad week, you feel like you just aren't doing a good job, you can pull out your list and be like, you know what? I remember when I I accomplished this and I was having a really hard time. And I know that even though, like, right now is really hard, that I can continue on this journey and continue doing that I'm stronger than I think I am. As part of your process, do you have people like track what they're eating or how does that work for you? So every person is different. Um, I do personally, like in the beginning of our journey together to keep a food journal. And it's not so much of a, to make you feel guilty about what you are eating. It's more of so I can see what nutrients you're lacking in. So for example, if you are going from that black and white diet to incorporating vegetables. I just want to see what kind of different veggies you're eating or what time you notice that the veggie struggle hits or what time you're craving whatever you crave, chocolate, or I have a client that eats a lot of nuts, which is great, but nuts have a lot of calories. And so finding swaps versus eating like a full cup of nuts, which is crazy anyways, to eating them in smaller portions and switching them for healthier, more fat-filling nuts. So what what do you do if you have clients that are just like, I'm just too anxious to eat things and I don't know what to do? Do you just have the small goals? It sounds like you start off with a lot of small goals for things. Yeah, so we do three a week is manageable, I feel like, for most people. When you're making a switch in your nutritious life, and you're switching from like this anxiety of eating and anxiety of what is safe and the anxiety of what you should put in your body and whatnot, having three goals feels manageable. If three seems like too many for people, then we aim for like one larger goal. And from there, we kind of break it down. I always call it the large goal is like the umbrella and the little goals are like the raindrops falling. Ooh, very cool. So like if your large if your large goal is to be able to eat at a party without having to worry about the fear of gaining weight, we work on like the little drops of like what you couldn't do instead, like eating before you go, bringing something with you, or if it's like potluck style, bringing a dish that you know that you can eat and still have it offered to other people. Oh, I think that's great. So what are some other favorite food swaps you have? So many. Think about this, yeah. <laughs> so because I have a, so I have a peanut, tree nut, coconut, sunflower seed, pumpkin seed, hemp How do you manage? seed, chia seed allergy, yeah. The seeds I got diagnosed with in January, the peanut, tree nut, coconut I've had since I was six weeks old. It's been a lot of change in our household like I went from eating sunflower butter I can't even have sunflower butter anymore because it has sunflower seed in it um so it's been a lot of like research and finding swaps but I always tell people if they have food allergies if they're worried about what is in it or they're worried about the cross-contamination to call the company because you can't always go off of the label True. If they're really worried yeah. about it, to call the company. I would say nine out of 10 times I've had much luck calling a company and asking about a cross-contamination. I've only had a couple companies go, well, didn't you read the label? <laughs> and it's like, 
Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I could. Yeah. I could die. A lot of good swaps. Frozen grapes are another good one on hot days. As far as like a cookie, which I get a lot of people ask me about that one. Also, if you take an apple and you slice it in circular form, and then spread some peanut butter, no nut butter on it and put mini chocolate chips. You kind of get that same, like you bite into it, that like crunch snap from a cookie. And then the creaminess of the butter gives you like that softness that you would get from a cookie and the chocolate chips kind of add like the chocolate chip to it. And then we do tacos a lot in our house and it's just, it's just swaps like switching the tortilla to like a lettuce wrap which is easy because you can still fill all your toppings in your meat or your tofu or whatever your lifestyle is like. And then your cheese and your salsa and you just kind of fold it up and eat it like a taco. Some other ones you can swap potatoes with cauliflower to like make mashed potatoes and still get in veggies. I always tell parents that have picky eaters I thought that wouldn't be good, but actually the cauliflower as mashed potatoes was excellent. I just tried that like a couple months ago. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I always tell parents that they have picky eaters when they make macaroni and cheese to add in some pureed butternut squash to the cheese for the macaroni and cheese because then it's a hidden veggie and it's a healthier carb. But then your kids get the vitamins from the from the butternut squash. Or if you have picky husbands, I do that. For my husband. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> there you go. That's funny. So how can listeners make food planning easier? Because I think that's the difficult part with therapists being having such busy schedules and it can be difficult with our hours that we might work alternative hours and other people. And, and that can be hard to figure out. Oh my gosh, how am I going to, what am I having tonight for dinner? I don't know. That's where I suggest doing some sort of meal planning. I always have clients sit down with their families or their spouses and make a list of 20 things that you enjoy eating, whether it's like tacos or meatloaf, spaghetti. And then I do, I tell them make five entrees and then 10 sides and then five like snack like throw it on a plate. And if they want to do like three, I don't even want to call them desserts because they're not like three enjoyables is what we call them in my program. Better reframe. Um, yeah. Instead of desserts, because I feel like people also put this negative connotation of like, true. I can't have dessert because I didn't eat well today. So we call them enjoyables. And that way, when you go to plan for your grocery list, you have this list already of things that your family enjoys and it makes it a little bit easier on your week and it makes it easier on your brain. Another thing to help is doing, instead of like doing, a, I think when people think of meal prep, they think of like pre-made breakfast, pre-made lunch and pre-made dinner. And not everyone has time for that in their schedule. So I always say if you can ingredient prep, it'll make it easier on your week as well. So like spending, I don't know, whatever day is your down day. I like to do it on Sunday. Spending your Sunday blocking out like a chunk of time, about an hour or so, and shopping all of your fruits and veggies for the week, making any kind of grains or make your pasta ahead of time and just toss it in some olive oil after it's been cooking so it doesn't stick together. 
And if you can pre-make your proteins for like the next three days, don't pull all of your proteins out of your freezer at once, only because if you pull out, let's say a chicken breast on Monday and it's Thursday and you haven't used it yet, chances are it's probably not good anymore because it only has a certain amount of days that it's good once it's been pulled out of the freezer. And then you have to worry about this, this, this chicken going to make me sick. So I would say if you're going to like pull out Sunday, you should pull out Sunday and have it last you to Wednesday and then pull out Wednesday and have it last you to Saturday. I love doing that to have like on Sunday to cook like a bunch of protein too. So you're ready for the next few days. And and sometimes too, since we do have flexible schedules, sometimes during the work day, I work from home now, I can just go, let me just chop this for dinner at three o'clock and then go back to work, which is awesome if you work from home. Yeah. Another big one is crock pot meals or using yes. your instant pot. If you have a crock pot or an instant pot and just kind of tossing all of your main pieces in the crock pot. And then when you come home, you can just no roast a pan of veggies or, and I don't call it cheating or pulling one of those bags of freezer vegetables out and microwaving one of those steam bags. Amen to that. I'm all about working smarter, not harder when it comes to spending time in the kitchen. And I think just finding what shortcuts work for you and your lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Cause I know, I know you promote that a lot of the individualized too. And Everybody's different. Yeah. That's why I really stress on the, there's no one size fits all in nutrition, just because I feel like there's so many meal plans out there that people are like, oh, I could try this. And it, they end up gaining weight from it. And they're like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm following this nutrition plan. And it's because it's not designed for them. It's designed for someone else. So what do you call, I know you mentioned food freedom. So what is food freedom and how do you help clients achieve that? For my last couple of clients, they really struggled with like the idea of eating out and overeating. And so we've gotten to the point, my last one did a 12-week program, when we've gotten to the point that she doesn't fear food anymore, which is amazing. And then she doesn't feel like when she goes out to eat that she's cheating on herself for eating like an extra carb at dinner or so like to me and to my clients um food freedom is that feeling that you get where you don't feel guilty anymore oh i like that where you can feel like you can go out to a party you know and you can eat without having to have this like fear behind you of i'm gonna have to work out for x amount of minutes tomorrow to burn off what i ate yesterday like no 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 there's none of that like It should be about like enjoying the food that you're eating, enjoying the situation, enjoying the company. And then just going back to like your regular life the next day, like not penalizing yourself for having a good time, like for enjoying yourself. Right. And I think that that helps with some healthy eating habits. I know sometimes it can cross over into more disordered eating. And what do you do if you have a a client that seems to be struggling with their food anxiety and you've used these strategies and they're not working? So I usually suggest, just because it's not in my scope of practice, I find out, I know what state they live in. So I reach out to my network of other nutrition coaches that are all over um, the United States. We have some in Canada, some in Mexico, and a few in Europe. Most of my clients are in the U.S. I've only had one Canadian client. And I reach out to them and ask if they have any connections with different more specialized like therapy or like an allergist to see or any kind of area that 
my client might be struggling. And, and I've only had one situation where I had to refer out to someone. So I just recognizing that maybe this is more than I can handle and yeah, a realizing lot of people, the importance of that. Yeah. A lot of people, I only had one person ask me like, what do I do in this situation? And I'm like, you know, like, unfortunately that's not in my scope of practice, but I would be happy to refer you to someone who knows more about this. Yeah, for sure. sure. That's totally fine. I'm like, perfect. Exactly. So just recognizing that some people, if they're more in the disordered thinking and have the eating disorders, that that might be more difficult. Because I know there's some nutritionists that specialize in eating disorders, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a few friends in the Chicagoland area that are registered dietitians in eating disorders. And so I have a small network there and then a small network in California also. Great. So what's a takeaway you could share that could help listeners that are just starting maybe to move away from food anxiety? My biggest suggestion is to be kind to yourself. And I know it sounds silly, but if you are hard on yourself, then you're more likely to struggle. And then you spiral down this never ending cycle of binging or eating out of control. And then you get guilty. And so if you feel like you've fallen off the wagon or you feel like you're struggling, just remember to be kind to yourself because you are in fact a human and we all make mistakes and it's going to be okay. Just take it one day at a time. Excellent. I know you mentioned you have a gift for listeners. Can you share that too? Yeah. So I have a PDF. Um, It's a eating seasonally guide and it has January through December of what is in season most of the time so when you go to your grocery store and you see items that are relatively cheaper than the other items those are usually your in-season produce um, you also will find them like at farmers markets in the summertime so you can just kind of hang it up on your refrigerator or wherever you keep your grocery list and then you know what might help your budget as well. And we can provide a link in our show notes so that listeners can access that. So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? So you can find me either on Instagram at loving nutritiously. You can find me on Facebook in groups. I have a loving nutritiously community or you can find me on my website, which is lovingnutritiously.com. L-O-V-I-N-G-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-U-S-L-Y.com. And again, we'll put all those links in the show notes, but I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, don't forget to join us for another episode next Wednesday. Did you love this episode? Please remember to rate and review to help us continue to grow this podcast community. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thank you for listening and supporting the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please share with your colleagues so we can continue to grow our holistic community. Also, are you ready to take the next step to create an integrative counseling practice? I invite you to sign up for my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your dream practice. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, and enter your name and email address today.